Hi, welcome to Siblinghood of Recovery. Okay, welcome back. And we are now looking at our ACEs scores. We've completed our tests, haven't we? I know we have. Well, this is one quiz that you don't want to score high on. My ACEs score is four out of 10. And um, so I'm hoping that my kid's ACEs score is, I want it to be zero out of 10, but I'm painfully honest with myself. So I'm thinking it might be three out of 10. I know one score that I have, which was something that happened to me when I was six, uh, a family friend did molest me and that I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure that that did not happen to my kids because I was very OCD and put my stress upon them about my situation and constantly asked them, not every day, but regularly. And this is called intergenerational trauma. It's a hard example to bring up, but it's a good one. And it's a process of kind of looking at, are there any fears that may have been passed down throughout your family, either known or unconsciously passed down? And this is a really important discussion because what's happening right now, especially as we look at healing so many things that have occurred through, you know, the last couple decades or even just last year, COVID. I mean, COVID was a huge impact to adolescents. I'll post a link to the Colorado state of emergency at a pediatric level in this episode where there's data on reported depression doubling in teens and adolescents. That's huge. So back to looking at the trauma and understanding it and organizing it for your treatment. Going right into the American Psychological Association definition, and I'm going to read this, any disturbing experience that results in significant fear, helplessness, dissociation, confusion, or other disruptive feelings intense enough to have a long-lasting negative effect on a person's attitudes, behavior, and other aspects of functioning. Traumatic events can include those caused by human behavior, rape, war, industrial accidents, as well as by nature. We have a lot of natural disasters occurring right now in this year. The way that individual deals with the event and processes the event can possibly lead to complex PTSD. And I want to talk about this as it relates to the DSM right now. What is the DSM? The DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Right now we're on DSM-5 in 2021, and the DSM is the basis for the codes that the insurance companies use when you have a claim submitted for any kind of uh, treatment that addresses trauma. What's occurring lately is mental health professionals distinguishing the difference between PTSD and complex PTSD. What I would do is just learn about the differences you know, high level, and then speak to your therapist about what complex PTSD is. One of the reasons I'm tying this into the ACEs episode is because complex PTSD can arise from childhood neglect, 
abuse, experiencing domestic abuse, a child watching their parents fight continuously. So I'm not a licensed therapist. The best thing you can do is speak to a licensed therapist about complex PTSD, the differences, what is required as far as diagnosing and filing that insurance. So going back to organizing and getting prepared for therapy, what you'll also be doing is you look at your own experiences and you look at them through the lens of trauma. What caused you trauma, whether it's PTSD or complex PTSD, is for you and your therapist to work out. You know, if something, if something occurred in your childhood on a repetitive basis and it wasn't a good experience, there is a potential of PTSD. There is a book out. It's called The Price of Privilege. It's written by Madeline Levine, PhD. She's a psychologist with over 35 years of experience as a clinician, consultant, educator, and author. So I'll just reference the book and put the link uh, to her website on, on my show notes. I don't know her. I don't get anything from promoting her book. But it's a really good capture of what our adolescents and our teens are experiencing, even in the neighborhood that I described that I moved to, you know, top rated, best in the state, best schools. When I was reading the book, I was always, you know, this is a self-reflecting podcast. I was thinking, wow, you know, I totally did this. My focus was on the grades. I missed the opportunity to support my son's focus on their self, their coping skills. And obviously, I'm not the only parent that's doing this. You know, we're focused on the A's, the B's, the gold stars. When something is not quite right or there's an episode at the school, a lot of times the people at school are getting yelled at by the parents. And I look at that and I look back and I didn't do it a lot, but the few times that I did, I must have looked like, and I'm going to throw down a word here. I must have looked like a total ass to come into that school angry, okay, and then my kid's angry, and then the people are looking at me like, hmm, I wonder where the child learns this emotion. Yeah, I feel like I just channeled the church lady from Saturday Night Live. But, you know, this is where I'm going to also tie into self-care, looking in the mirror and going, hey, what can I change about myself? Because the best thing that you can give your child is a better you. And this is one of the first things that I learned when I was going through the process of understanding what my son was fighting and what he was actually learning himself in regards to battling addiction. And I was also blessed enough to be surrounded by a therapeutic team that knew if I wasn't okay, even if my son got better, when he went back home, it would be the same thing. I wasn't focused on becoming a better person. Instead, it was like, okay, you know, what's wrong with my kids? I need to help them. I need to help them. What I needed to do was slow down, take a look at myself. How am I feeling emotionally? Am I exercising? Am I eating right? Am I limiting, you know, the parties and the alcohol? I wasn't. I got to be honest with you. I was caught up in the everybody's having a party this weekend and oh my gosh, it's turning into two nights every weekend. This is the honesty part of the podcast. When I realized there was a significant problem with my eldest son with substance abuse, I had to really take stock in the entire situation. I had zero tools to do that as well, and I knew it. So my son gets caught with substances at school. 
and uh, it changed everything. And so far, that reset has been the biggest blessing. The first thing I did when I engaged with people who were with the school, connected to the school, connected to the county is where are my resources? What do I do? Where do I go? How do you handle a child that has been struggling with anxiety, depression, and has chosen to self-medicate through substances? I'm going to have a whole self-medication podcast, not the time right now, because it's a very layered discussion, and there's a lot of research there too, (laughs) and I'll give you all the links. But with that process, I began to say, okay, what am I offering What am I offering to my family? What am I offering to my sons? What am I offering to myself in my own life? Was I exercising? How are my sleep patterns? How is my intake in food? How is my intake in substances, including wine, beer, alcohol? I have some awesome podcast links that I can uh, put on my show notes. I kind of geek out on these. I go to the scientific-based ones and, um, you know, the big words that I have to look up. But I like it because I want to stay away from that easy fix. I want to find out how the body works. What's going on? You know, you you read about probiotics. What happens with probiotics? Are they good? Are they bad? I don't want a quick fix off the shelf. I want to understand the body that I have because the more that I learn, the more that I realize it's almost like a universe. And this does go back to our children. And when we're looking at why are they choosing to self-medicate? Why are they choosing to manage their own anxiety and depression through drugs? What's happening inside their brain? Okay, back to the therapy, back to you're going to go ahead and you're going to look at your ACEs. You're going to start getting your therapy. And as you're doing this simultaneously, you're addressing your kids' challenges. When you get into the therapeutic boarding school or when you get into heavy counseling for your child, if that person, if that team doesn't ask, how are you doing? You know, you've got, you've got to step back and, and wonder because all of the good ones throughout the U.S., I don't know about globally, but throughout the U.S., all of the good therapeutic boarding schools and the good therapeutic programs, whether they're just addressing mental behavior or they're just addressing substance abuse, they know that holistically, the family has to take an assessment on what is going on, what is healthy, and what is not. So how do you become a healthier you? You've done the ACEs, you've started to learn about your trauma, you're going to be able to define your trauma or your experiences in the language that would be good for your therapist, both at a level of, hey, I experienced this, and then you can talk to them about Do you think this is trauma? Do you think this is complex trauma? This is a great start, right? Conversation is key. Then you have to start looking at your health. One of the things that I was very interested in as a woman who's aging is woman's health. So I signed up for a Harvard Health Beat newsletter. It's for free. Instead of spending five to 10 anxious minutes on the news cycle, because it can get pretty intense, what I'm doing is focusing on how do I eat healthier? And what does my gut-brain connection, per the Harvard Health Beat, have to do with my anxiety? They have some phenomenal studies you can link to, and you know, why not? Why not look and learn about the impact of stress on the gut? Because guess what? I'm dealing with my gut every single day. And then there is the impact of exercise. We've heard it so many times. I'll put a couple of links in the show notes, but exercise truly can impact your sense of well-being. And my favorite, a 12-step program. Yes, 
you've got to look for a 12-step program in the area. These people know. They've been through it. I know that I was graced by definitely God and my circumstances and the area that I live in to get my son into the right therapeutic boarding school the first time. It was, it was just an amazing experience, you know, all things considered. But, uh, yeah, so definitely join a group, look for a program that fits your need. And I believe if we look back on what we've discussed, I think we might have a plan. So quick review, understand the ACEs, understand what your trauma may be, be able to talk about it, at least in your mind, before you get in front of your therapist. Remember that a better you is better for your child. That's the best thing you can give them. You can look at them and say, yes, I'm working on myself too. That is a gift. That is a gift. That is a gift. Try to understand what you can do to make yourself better physically while you're working on yourself emotionally. And finally, be careful about what you put into your body. Your body is this amazing universe that we still don't know a lot about. And learning how to be a better you for your family, that's worth it. Make yourself a priority. Okay, next episode, I'm going to focus on self-medication. And I'm really excited about recording that. I'm actually going on a retreat with a couple of the survival moms. We're all moms of either current attendees or graduates of our therapeutic boarding school that we all met through. And um, I'm just so excited that I can spend a weekend with some moms who are, wow, they're badasses. I got to say it. I said that word again. So um, it's not an easy journey, but you've got more people around you than you realize. All right. Take care. I'll talk to you later. 